1: The doctor is in. Evidently, nobody flew off of a golf cart last week while I was gone, and TMB was hosting with DRB, Dr. B. Dr. Bitar, thanks for hanging in there with me while I was out of the country.
0: Absolutely, man. It was a a good time, and yes, you're right. Nobody fell out of a golf cart. That was a good thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. You know, injuries abound when you two get together, so you never know.
0: Yeah, that's true, but the uh, funny thing is neither one of us play golf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the reason. They didn't teach you how to ride one of those things safely. Hey, listen, yeah. last hour, Dr. Batar. before we get into a number of the stories that I'm sure you haven't read yet, that's a Ty Bollinger joke. Uh, you, uh, last <laughs> <you> hour. <laughs> w- yes. I still don't know Last. funny d- about
0: that because I don't get it.
1: Okay, well, that's all right. We won't explain it to you yet, because that's kind of funny in its own right. Uh, We had last hour, you know, we've been talking about the medical kidnapping issues for some time now. Last hour, we had Michelle Ryder, but for the first time, her son, Isaiah Ryder, who's now 17 and in uh, state custody, if you will, by Department of Children and Family Services in Illinois over the issue of medical neglect or medical abuse, they say, which is ill-defined. They can say whatever they want. And uh, it's just stunning to me, outrageous as a parent, much less as a healer, but as a parent first, how this is happening to so many. And it occurs to me that the medical establishment is, is making enemies. They're making enemies right, left, and center. And they're basically doing themselves in by this behavior. It won't be long before there will be the pitchforks uh, and and torches coming after them, because how long can a parent withstand this kind of assault and stealing of children?
0: Well, I don't know, Robert, how anybody can withstand anything like this for any level of uh, duration. I, it, just, it baffles me. I just don't understand how that happens. But I also think that there are certain people that give off the pheromone of being a prey rather than a predator, and I think that those bodies mm. that, uh, you know, they, they look for weakness and they seek out the weakness, and those that are weak, they they get fed upon. It's just it's like the survival of the fittest. I think that there are certain people that, um, you know, it, I hate to I hate to say it this way. They have a victim mentality, and so they create that energy. And I'm not trying to be negative towards anybody, but you know, from just speaking for myself and speaking for friends of mine, um, yourself included, and Ty, I I just can't see any of us ever even coming within, you know, 1% of a situation like that. And I think, again, it comes down to, you know, what's the difference? The difference is that what is a person willing to tolerate? I remember talking off the air with you about a family a few months ago. You remember you and I talked to, actually, I'm sorry, it was Ty. Ty and I talked about a family a few months ago, and Ty was mm-hmm. going to try to help them out. And, and I just... I just did not I just didn't I just didn't get it because it baffles me that somebody would allow themselves to be put into a situation like that and not do something no matter no matter what the circumstances are. This is your mm-hmm. child. How can you allow anybody and I don't care I, don't, I understand that there's ways that they manipulate the situation. I understand all of that. But you know, again, walking down through a dark alley, how does somebody get mugged? Well, don't put yourself in a situation that you walk through a dark alley for God's sake. You know, put yourself be right. proactive and do certain things preventive.
1: But authoritarians prey on the walking wounded. So if you have a child who is ill and you didn't know the things that we know, they take advantage of that. And, of course, if you survive it, as we're finding out with Team Isaiah, with Isaiah Ryder, there may be a strengthening processes, uh, processes that you undergo while in captivity. Interestingly enough, that you your resolve is strengthened. You, you don't get weaker, but you get stronger to say, this is an outrage. This wrong must be righted, not only for me, but for others. And I see warriors being tested this way. They didn't know they had to be warriors in this life, and they found out the hard way. And I think that's part of what the training is going on right now.
0: And I think that's right. And I hope that people don't misunderstand what my intention is by, by what I said. I know there are circumstances that are beyond all of our control sometimes, and I know that the situations that occur that, you know, we, we can control about as well as we can control which way the winds are blowing, but what I'm saying is that um, th- there's a, there's also almost permission that's been given to these bodies to do what they're doing. Nobody stood at the door, braced, and, you know, we're ready to put what was necessary. I'll give you a perfect example. I remember that child that was Amish, where they were going to try to take the child away for uh, doing, I think it was a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, was it? I, you, you remember the story better than I would because you covered it a lot more extensively. But if you remember, Robert, they left the country? Yes. Okay, so now... Yes. You know, why That parent said no matter what happens, nobody's going to touch my child, and they left the country. And that's the type of determination that one has to have if you want to defend your child but if you let them take your child and then you then you bitch and moan about it excuse my French but you know you, mm-hmm. you, there's always a way to, to deal with something like that you, you leave the house or you leave the city or you leave the state or you leave the country you do whatever you have to because you have to be the one who defends your child nobody
1: else is gonna do it for you sure and I think, I think a lot of these parents have underestimated the opponent, the enemy, or didn't know it was the enemy because they had been lulled into a false sense of security that these were the people that knew better somehow initially. You didn't know where else to turn. In fact, you didn't even realize that the same medical authorities that claimed to know what to do for your child were the ones that were responsible for harming your child in the first place and giving them these illnesses that are mysterious and strange so that they can't even do anything but claim that the parent is the medical abuser.
0: Yeah, and I think that's exactly the problem because they these are you know as the authoritarian state increases, there's going to be more and more cases like this because there's more and more people that are now involved with the regulatory process because the non you know the the unemployment rate is supposedly getting better. Well, why is it getting better? Because more and more people are getting hired by the government, so the government has to find more jobs for people to do, and so they have more regulations to make sure that there's more things to. Uh, regulate, there's more regulators necessary to regulate, and so even if the machine is working fine, and there's nobody that's doing anything wrong, the machine still needs to be fed so they have to create criminals, they have to create people that are doing pro- that are problems so if they don't have anybody that, that's not taking care of the child, they have to find somebody and make them into somebody who's not taking care of the child to justify their own job, to justify their own existence sure. and yes, well, and, I understand and,
1: and... That that's to increase their budget as well, we found that the, the kidnapping that we see in the, on the state side, is, it comes tied with federal money that is instantaneous only if you grab them quickly. Uh, so it's, it's almost be beyond belief that some of these parents are seeing this happen before their eyes. They've never conceived of this happening, so a lot of them are being blindsided. I want to read this quote from our good friend uh, Roseanne Lindsay. She she posted this up on the Facebook, uh, and uh, this was from Theodore Roosevelt uh, originally, and I appreciate this, and I know you will, Dr. Bittar. said this, Behind the ostensible government sits enthroned an invisible government, owing no allegiance and acknowledging no responsibility to the people. To destroy this invisible government, to dissolve the unholy alliance between corrupt business and corrupt politics is the first task of the statesmanship of the day. Theodore Roosevelt, stunning, isn't that? And that's a long time ago, 100-plus years ago now. That kind of information was, oh, you know, there was awareness within the body politic, but it's kind of gone underground, but it's bubbling to the surface, and it's creating such tension, such outrage, also so many victims, as you said, that if our message is anything... You know, from the standpoint of bringing the power to heal back to the people, it is also the power to prevent this from occurring. But we must unplug from this medical matrix and recognize that outside of putting Humpty Dumpty back together again, it pretty much is a dangerous and death-inducing, disease-inducing profession.
0: That's exactly what it is. And the most important thing that an individual can do for themselves and their families is to empower themselves with knowledge because once you have empowered yourself with knowledge you can no longer be that victim
1: yeah well said uh, but but it is stunning again how many people have not woken up yet and are waking up what we call it the hard way going through these traumas having to strengthen themselves test their mettle hopefully survive it not everybody does and then come out and teach others to say this is happening today, this isn't about Nazi Germany in the 1930s, the 1940s. This is 2015 America, and it's happening here right now. So in many ways, these people become the warning sign for the contemporary, uh, let's say, body of Americans who would like to deny that this horrific thing is happening.
0: Yeah, there was a great book that was written, and I will try to get the name of it during the uh, when we break but uh he actually wrote he's written a lot of great stories and uh the stories always have a very important lesson behind them but he wrote a little little book maybe 80 pages and it's all about what happened during world war one and world war two and how many of the things that happened then are happening now but they're happening in our own country in fact on the air robert you remember we read that one little uh, blurb from a local Nebraska newspaper, you remember that? Uh, lest we forget, you know, it may be worth reminding, and it was an article that was written in 1983, but it was originally written in, like, 1971, and so this little mm-hmm. town in Nebraska reprinted that article 14 years later, and it's more appropriate today than it had ever been, and it was reminding us that all those different things that were happening, that was actually the, the preliminary of uh, the increase in socialism, I guess, prior to not Germany becoming um, the, the, the world antagonist that it became during World War I and World War II. And when you read those things and you say, wait a second, that, every one of those things is happening right now, and it's happening in our own country. It's not happening there. It's not then. It's we, we're trying to remember, lest we forget, remember what happened then so that we don't repeat the mistake today again. And that's exactly what's happening, because the mistake is being repeated, and unfortunately a lot of us are not taking heed
1: yeah. Once again, you know, if you, if you have uh, control of the history books and you can erase history and rewrite it, uh, you know, just even omitting certain aspects of history without rewriting anything else is enough to create a different future. And it's one that is controlled for you by those who have omitted those certain things that would teach you about how we got to certain places in history and how we're going there again. Is it necessary? No. But if we do not speak out, When we see these things occur, then atrocities are inevitably to follow, and they are occurring even today as we talk about these medical kidnapping cases. Another atrocity relates to the selective serotonin reuptake inhibiting drugs. I'm going to ask Dr. Batar about the latest study showing that fully 69% of the people prescribed Prozac, Paxil, and Zoloft don't have clinical depression. We might argue that it's not even good for that, but let's just set that aside for a moment and say how scientific, how evidence-based is modern medicine. We'll be back with Dr. Bittar after this. Live around
0: the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show.
1: Well, as much as I love being in the United Kingdom with friends and family, I, I really miss being live on the air every day. Uh, and, and live with my good friend, Dr. Rasha Battar, You guys rocked it last week, I understand, and we're doing it again this week. And, and Rashid, your voice is so strong. It gives strength to a lot of folks who are listening. And uh, on the break, you were mentioning a book because uh, I always talk about history, about those who rewrite history or erase history, how they set us up for that repeat. And, of course, a lot of times we go back to 20th century, the story of Nazi Germany, the rise of Hitler. How did it happen? Did it happen overnight? No, it didn't. And there's a book you, you brought up. I think Super Don blasted it out. What is this one called? How Do You Kill 11 Million People? Why the Truth Matters More Than You Think? And this is by that guy, Andy Andrews, that you mentioned, Dr. Bittar. Yeah,
0: and Andy Andrews has written some very, very powerful books. I have been given as a gift. Uh, three different books by him each one of the books was given to me at a different time and they were all given to me by my brother and they were really fantastic books and they're short but they have a very powerful message and this particular one was one of the shortest ones but I think it is well worth the read in fact I believe somewhere in the book he kind of talks about his motivation for actually writing this book I, I was very very impressed with it but it also as you said Robert it brings history into very clear focus into uh, into a focus that many of us forget you know we, we have this perception of history that is old dusty books and something that happened and it's not really appropriate and it's more just for uh, not appropriate for uh, nowadays it's just more something that you can discuss and it's more philosophical and and worthy of discussion nobody thinks about it that it's actually something that is going to, allow us to see the potential template of what we may be following, because history will always repeat itself. and those that are irresponsible and don't remember history are unfortunately doomed to repeat the same mistakes as have, have been conducted in the past. And so for me personally, not that I'm a student of history or anything, I do like to look at things that mankind went through in the past, you know, when even going back to, like, the Paleolithic diet and looking at some of the changes that have occurred in how we eat and and then looking at, for example, the Pottinger-Cat study that you and I have discussed before on the air, just looking at certain things that we have found from from a historical perspective that are very pertinent to uh, now, even though we may not think it's pertinent, but if we read about it and we learn, we say, wait a second, this is happening right now, and nobody's telling us this history. This is why this book is so powerful, because you read it, and you you don't even know you're reading anything about history. You're just reading about something. You think, oh, wait a second, This this is happening now, this is happening now, this is happening now until at the end then you realize oh my god this is history this is something that happened in the past and if we don't do something about it right now this is what's going to happen again
1: yeah exactly and we talk about consciousness together we've mentioned that word many times over the years together broadcasting and even off the air Uh, but unconsciousness also facilitates that repeat in history And that's why that SSRI story is so interesting, because uh, not that we're fans of it for anybody, although we defend your freedom to have access, if that's what you feel is right, even if it's dangerous, but the fact is now 69% of the people being prescribed these uh, Prozac, Paxil, and Zoloft-like drugs are not even clinically depressed, according to the indications for use, based on its FDA approval. So where is evidence-based medicine unless they're participating actively in the shutting down of consciousness of the people?
0: I think that you just get a very very big nail square on the head and that's one of the biggest problems that I think is happening with modern society is that they are trying to dumb us down they're trying to sedate us they're trying to numb us Uh, they're trying to make us more susceptible to various types of pathogens there is a systemic again I'm probably sounding like some um, person that's pulled up in a bunker talking uh, but, but I'm not uh, <laughs> yet if there was ever a time in history, I know this sounds funny right if there's ever a time in yes. history where if we could really know, you know not to say that I know everything about this at all, that's not what I'm trying to say but if I believe that if the audience knew 5% Robert of what you know and what I know there is no other reasonable conclusion that one could reach other than there is something afoot that is organized and sinister. It's highly suspect as to the agenda, because money and power, it's not as quite as simple as that. There's something great. We've talked about this before. You know, there's they, they, the agendas and motivation of mm-hmm. financial gain, et cetera. But then there's also a certain point you cross over into that, and then there's the darkness and the light you're talking about. And we're talking about yeah. the darkness here.
1: Well, and this is why, you know, your book is also so important to me and others, because it helps us claw out of that, you know, the physical control. But you talk about emotional and other things and spiritual uh, ways of healing. And that's The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, international bestseller by Dr. Rasha Batar. If you're a new listener, please pick it up. I have it linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. We've got lots more to do. Stick with us. Who'd
0: you say that masked man was? It's a bird. It's a tree. It's
1: Robert Scott Bell.
0: Here I come to save the day. bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert.
1: Well, if you ever missed an episode of Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar here on the Robert Scadbell Show, MedicalRewind.com is your key, the easiest way to access it, hundreds of hours now. of Great information. Uh, you can't put a price on it. It's extraordinary. And upcoming, upcoming, Dr. Bittar revealed with TMB last week the webinar that's going to be coming up and there's a way to sign up now and uh, we're going to add the links, and I know Super going to blast it out, but check it out in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. I heard that y- you got immediately a nice splash last week after you guys uh, went on the air about this.
0: Well, we actually, from 4 o'clock, 4, I think it's 4.30 that it was posted, till 8 o'clock when we landed live we, uh, with the show, we had over 250 people registered. And then right after the show, by the next day, I think we had over 560 people. So I'm not sure where we are now. Uh, Still climbing, I'm sure, of yeah. Thousand. yeah. a lot So of people... uh,
1: if if they sign up, they'll get the information about when it'll occur, even if it shifts in time, right? They'll get all of that information?
0: Yeah. In a, inadvertently, we put down the time at 8 o'clock on Monday, May 11th, and unfortunately, that's the time we're going to be on the air. Plus, I'm even not going to be in the country. I'm going to be in the Middle East at the time. So uh, we will have to change it. It's probably going to be the same day. We're just going to change the time a little bit. But okay. it, regardless... Just go ahead and get registered for people that are listening. Go ahead and get registered, and once you're registered, even if you don't make it, you will be able to listen to the replay for free. Nobody else is going to be able. If you haven't registered, you won't be able to. You won't get the information. Let's put it that way.
1: Right, right. So sign up. Super Don's going to blast it out. We'll make sure it's embedded into the show notes so you can check it out after the show at robertscoutbell.com. Now, uh, another aspect of of consciousness. Robert, if I can just, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Right before we go there, I just want to say yeah. one other thing what this is about. It's about the newest advancement in the science of detoxification. It, it's one of the as far as I'm concerned, one of the most important additions. It's not replacing anything but it's an additional aspect of detoxification using well-established uh, techniques in, in the scientific literature, well-established. I mean over 81 pages of references, over 450 references, and we've combined three of these different technologies into one, and so we're going to be, we've already had prototypes, we've already been testing it, and we're going to be making a very significant leap in the science of detoxification, I believe, by adding this uh, tool to our arsenal
1: fantastic well we we need to go back in time and and really absorb the knowledge of our our, our ancients you know our our, our ancestors because they knew basic things and yes there's technology today but it can only be used appropriately when it embraces that kind of historical uh context of of of, of, of integrating nature right I mean we're not talking about uh, you know poisoning people back to health
0: exactly Robert and that that point that you made that's that's a very, very important point. And then add to that the synergism, how some of these things synergistically work, and they're not 1 plus 1 equals 2. It's more like 1 and 1 equals 11. It's that synergistic exponential increase when you put some of these technologies and historical uh, therapies into combination with each other. The, the results can be pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Did you ever hear about the, uh, um, uh, what, is, what is it called? Going, going back, and and they say I'm going to go all medieval on you. Have you ever heard somebody say I'm going to go medieval yep. on you, like they threaten you? Well, evidently somebody found out like there was like a thousand year old medieval uh, remedy that they pulled pulled out of the history book somewhere, and they applied it, and they're basically eradicating MRSA with you know a combination of garlic and onions and. Uh, some bile from the stomach of uh, I don't know what animal I don't have in front of me. But, I mean, it's it's just fascinating how they're, they're stunned, the medical community is stunned. How is it possible a thousand years ago they knew how to kill MRSA? Well, they should ask this question. How is it possible that we have MRSA, it never existed, and yet ancient remedies can still kill it?
0: Yeah, that's a better question. That's a much better question. That's yeah, so, a much better question. I so, agree with you.
1: Everything old becomes new again. We're going to have to embrace it, just like I've talked about the, the, the technological ability to embed silver nanoparticles into antibiotics that no longer work. And they say, oh, look, it works again. It's like, well, maybe it's the silver. You don't need the antibiotics. So that context as well. And we got, we got questions of the day coming in. I know sometimes we, we do some generic response questions because we don't, you know, we're not playing doctor on the air. But I, I think it's appropriate to take this one.
0: Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions.
1: This question of the day comes from Marty. Marty is a 70-year-old male. He claims to be, uh, uh, Dr. Batari claims to be in great shape. He's 5'11", 190 pounds, 34 waist. He works out six days a week, combination yoga, weights, Pilates, uh, some other form of exercise. He walks once a week on top of it, but he says his cholesterol is 240 and it keeps going up. LDL 170 keeps going up. Even though I eat no soy, no dairy, no wheat, no corn, I minimize sugar and salt a little bit of red meat, and, of course, no fried food, no soft drinks or juice. I'm very frustrated. I drink about three glasses of red wine a day and eat probably two cups of roasted peanuts a day, take testosterone, and vitamin B shots weekly. What can I or what should I do? Thank you very much. That's Marty. What would you say, Dr. Yeah. Uh,
0: is, is this a moment of duh or is this a...
1: Uh... Let him have it. Let him the moment... have the moment of duh. Go for it. Well,
0: well I didn't know whether this is the moment of duh or not because, I mean, this there's so many things that were wrong in this in this statement, you know, I mean, in this first of all, three glasses of red wine, wine alcohol converts to formaldehyde and it goes to the liver having one glass of red wine every third day, you know, it's maybe fine for the resveratrol effect, but if you have three glasses of red wine you think you're doing yourself a favor uh, you have truly misjudged uh, <laughs> how much alcohol you should be consuming. Nailed uh, it! Two cups you know. uh, t- uh, second, eating two cups of roasted peanuts a day—one of the worst things you can do. Uh, God knows how much aflatoxin this guy's getting. Uh, peanuts are, you know, one of the substances that are, are highly carcinogenic. Uh, having a couple, you know, some peanuts, a handful of peanuts occasionally is not a big deal. But two cups of roasted peanuts a day—my God! Yeah, I-, I don't know. There's a lot of problems. there. You're taking testosterone, so you're sh- uh, shutting down your entire endogenous negative inhibitory feedback loop. You're just basically creating testicular atrophy and all your endocrine system go all the way back up to your hypothalamus is getting screwed up because you're taking testosterone which is about the most idiotic thing any human being can do to themselves besides smoking uh... it's absolutely insane read chapter eleven of the books you can understand of the of my book that uh... the night keep the doctor which you can understand what you're doing to your body and how undesired that effect is um... the vitamin b shots weekly That's that's a good thing um... but you know, if you're doing all the right things, then you shouldn't really need a vitamin B shot. You should be able to supplement B vitamins right. poorly. But if taking testosterone is insane, it's absolutely in, it's, it's insanity because you're shutting down in completely the inhibitory, negative inhibitory feedback loop. And yeah. just remember, we've talked about this many times on the air, Robert, um, you know what happens. Just so for the listeners right now, if you take an end hormone, then the body sees that level of, going, uh, of that particular hormone going up, up, up. So the body says, oh, too much level. The hypothalamus, is the regulatory mechanism, says too much and sends out signals to shut down your own body's endogenous supply of that hormone. So your organs that naturally produce this start to atrophy and they shrink up, just like a bodybuilder who takes testosterone, the testicles shrink up. Now you're Mm -hmm. creating all sorts of different things happening. I'm I'm not going to go through everything, but you know. No, no. no, Listen,
1: you you nailed it. And go ahead, say that last thing and just hammer it all the way in.
0: Okay. Well, the, the cholesterol issue. You know, he he says that my cholesterol is 240. Uh, and keeps going up. Well, it's going up because the body's trying to compensate right now. Uh, I don't believe that cholesterol is a problem. I've never believed that it's a problem. In fact, all the literature supports that it's not a problem. It's actually the, the sugars that we're consuming and the triglycerides and those types of things. Cholesterol is probably a compensatory mechanism uh, designed to try to lubricate our system, our vascular tree. If you really think that I've lost my mind and my marbles. And think about this: bears have a cholesterol six to seven hundred. And who's ever heard of a bear having a heart attack? And then the latest studies in the last ten years show clearly that people with hyperlipidemia, i.e., high cholesterol, um, half of them have no heart issues, and half the people that have heart issues have completely normal cholesterol. Uh, have uh, right. completely normal cholesterol, but the other half have way whacked out cholesterol, mm-hmm. but their heart—they have no heart disease. So there's a lot of issues going on over here that you're talking about. When you say that, um, I, I'm glad it says I eat no soy. I thought I read it first that he soy. I was thinking well, that's another problem. but At least he's not doing that. And no, not scary, no, no. ahead.
1: Look, I just want to reiterate something that you just honed in on in the beginning here, because when there is some kind of shift in cholesterol levels, let's say it's been at a steady pace for years, then suddenly there is a shift. That could indicate, again, something going on with the liver, because that's where the primary source of cholesterol is. Even if you consume large amounts of cholesterol in your diet, you really impact your levels minimally if at all and that's been also in the literature it's acknowledged and even the uh, advisory board to the government on the issue of cholesterol like, recently came out and finally acknowledged it as well so the issue that you did with the three glasses of red wine and the, and the roasted peanuts much less the probably the synthetic test, t- testosterone he's on all of these things may be driving his cholesterol which is indicative of stress to his liver in this case if it's been uh rising steadily recently yeah
0: absolutely and by the way let's Make one clarification here. You said synthetic testosterone. If you're taking bioidentical testosterone or actual human testosterone, say you could get it, it's not going to be any better. The effect on the endocrine system is the same. On the hypothalamic 2-3 adrenal axis is the same. Taking mm-hmm. any end hormone is insanity. And you can read this in chapter eleven because I go through painful detail, and it's violating every principle of human physiology.
1: Well there you go. Speaking out and not asking uh for permission. That's why we love you, Dr. Batar. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you do. <laughs> <laughs> and and secretly Ty does too. He likes you too, so you're okay. <laughs> you're okay in our book. Now, uh let's see another story here as far as uh I talked about the medieval MRSA. This is interesting. Monsanto, right? High-tech biotech, right? All the scientists in the world making big bucks, six figures, seven figures. And they've got an entire department. It was recently revealed. They have an entire department dedicated to discrediting scientists who don't work for them.
0: Yeah, you know why? Well, I know you know why.
1: (laughs) Well, why? You haven't even read the story. How would you know?
0: Well, I don't even need to read the story. I'm just reading the headline. Monsanto boy admits the entire department exists to discredit scientists. Why? Because Monsanto is. How do I say this? Uh,
1: yeah, say it politely.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I need to say it politely. Uh, but, but basically, if they're putting out all this information and saying that, just let's use genetically modified foods as an example. This is all safe. And then there are other scientists out there that are proving that it's not safe, then the only attack that they have, the only strategy they have is to discredit those scientists that are saying that it's insane to consume this type of stuff.
1: Yeah. That's
0: that's an example. So pretty much much all the chemical warfare that they're creating on the human body, um, that they're contributing to, they need to have somebody uh, to discredit all the people that are showing the truth
1: the gatekeeper and of course one of them says you can drink a whole quart of glyphosate but then when offered he says ah eh, no thanks what do you think i am stupid yeah you the know actually show that again
0: in all my years of radio i've never seen anything like this the robert scott bell show yeah. making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's
1: Yeah, as we learned that Monsanto has an entire department uh, dedicated to discrediting scientists who basically find things that are not so nice about genetically engineered foodstuffs, whatever they want to call it. It kind of reminds me, Dr. Batar, like the CDC and other pro-vaccine forces have minions that they hire out. They don't admit that they do this, to just yell at and scream at and attack ad hominem style those who question the so-called science of vaccination. And yeah, recently, just, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, yeah, that point that you just made, you know, it's so amusing that if you give them enough rope, they usually hang themselves. Mm.
1: Indeed, you know and this I mean? guy this guy that was interviewed on glyphosate, he was a spokesperson, I guess, for the genetically engineered industry in Monsanto, uh, was challenged recently on the issue of, you know, saying that it's so safe and, well, why don't you drink it? I don't know if you guys covered it last week when you were here uh, with Ty, uh, yeah, but yeah, I know that did. you did, okay, it made the rounds did, I,
0: think it's, I think it's well worth repeating it, and, and actually what I just said about give them enough room, they'll hang themselves, this is a perfect right. example of them hanging themselves
1: it's this is, this is like Paul Offit saying a kid can take 10,000 vaccines and be fine, well okay Dr. Offit, uh, you do it no, <laughs> that,
0: that, that was a challenge we put, him, I put out to him you yeah. know, that, uh, I'll take the same amount as he does, the only difference is I can, because they said our treatment didn't work I said, if I can use the treatment, they can't Fortunately, nobody us up on that
1: challenge, though. Yeah, so let's hear the interview uh, that happened when this guy was called out about drinking some glyphosate. do not believe that glyphosate in Argentina is causing increases in cancer. You can drink a whole quart of it, and it won't hurt you. You it, want to drink some? We have some here. I'd be happy to, actually, but yeah. not, not really. But not really? I know it wouldn't hurt and if, me. If, if you say so, I have some glyphosate. No, no, I'm not stupid. Ah, okay, so you you you. No, but I know. So this, it's dangerous, I know, right? I know people try to commit suicide no, with no, it but and yeah, fail let's, fairly let's regularly. the truth. It's, it's not dangerous, dangerous to humans. To no. humans. no,
0: it's no. not. So are you ready to drink one glass of life? No, Netflix? I'm not an idiot.
1: Wow. Interview me about golden rice. That's did, what I'm talking did, about. Really. Okay, then it's except, finished. Except then the interview is finished. That's a that's a good way to solve things. Yeah, uh, you're a complete jerk. Right, you're a jerk for calling him out on the lie that it's safe to drink, and he would drink it unless you, you know, until you give it to him. It's like you called him out. It's uh, yeah. beautifully done. Sounds like
0: uh, yeah. Who, who, who like if give it? enough room? They'll hang themselves.
1: Exactly, and that's what they definitely did. And you know, science sometimes finds out some really cool stuff. Although you wonder, uh, in reality, who funded it? And uh, guess what? It's time for today's. Moment of duh. Where are you people? On (laughs) toe? Amalgamated Association of Morons. Local six and seven eight. You're crazy! (laughs) 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 What is your major malfunction? Yes, today's Moment of Duh brought to you by Australian sweat glands. Why, you say? Well, Australian researchers based on more than 200,000 adults over age 45, published in the Journal of the American Medical Association of Internal Medicine, found out that... Uh, hold your breath, everybody. Vigorous exercise helps people live longer. <laughs> Super, oh. No. don't Say it ain't so. Dr. Batari, I'm you must be shocked.
0: I'm just glad that uh, this research came out, because now there's a reason for my vigorous spring this morning that I did not feel much better that I did it.
1: Exactly. My boxing yesterday, I'm you know, just getting the heart rate up and doing a quick sprints on the bicycle. I, I feel like uh, I'm here for, for the long haul. And even a double dose, a moment of duh. There's an article here that was published uh, by Reuters, says there's another study, uh, and it supports the 2008 Physical Activity Guidelines for Americans, which says that even if you have less than the recommended physical activity, but you do some, it still may lengthen your life. In other words, doing a little uh, is better than none. Yeah.
0: Wow, so that yeah. means for the people that are getting up and walking to the refrigerator to get a beer during halftime, even they may be getting some benefits from getting up and walking to the refrigerator.
1: Right. And Super Don keeping up with his dog in heat, he's going to live longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the dog <laughs> might not, though. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, that's got to be crazy for you. But hopefully you get some exercise running that dog off of its uh, whatever hormonal high.
0: Well, you know, this is yeah. one of those funny things that we we, we talked about this a moment ago, but, you know, intuitively, how many people would really think that vigorous exercise is not good? And just do the things that you know that you need to do. When you actually exercise, it may hurt, but afterwards you feel great. Well, there's a reason you feel great.
1: Yeah. Maybe that guy that wants to drink a quart of glyphosate to think is, this is a stunning revelation. There you go. All right, Dr. Batar, we're wrapping up another Advanced Medicine Monday and, of course, MedicalRewind.com or our archives all over planet Earth through GCN and Natural News Radio. In the meantime, until next week, until tomorrow, the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell, Robert Bell Show. Scott Bell Show.